And good morning. Scott Colborn here at the helm. KZUM Radio in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're at 89.3 FM and also worldwide at kzum.org. We are in the middle of a fundraiser, and this is probably the birthday bash. Mm -hmm. Um, We used to call this spring, but somehow February didn't seem like spring yet. And so it is the birthday bash. KZUM is 42 years old, and uh, we celebrated, Jim, the uh, 35th birthday of Exploring Unexplained Phenomena last October. Hey, we've got a great show today. We've got um, all sorts of guests and things going on. And we want to invite you folks out there to take part in this physically by calling us at 402-474-5086 and donating to nonprofit, non-commercial KZOM. The guy across the street that has taken his car to the car wash, he probably won't do it. The people down the block that are out of town, they probably won't do it. But if you're listening right now, yes, you, we would really appreciate your donation. It's easy. It'll take you about 90 seconds. And please do so at 402-474-5086. We've got Charlene on the phone from the Capital Humane Society. And we're going to start with Pet Talk. And uh, this is a segment that we've done for many, many years My wonderful friend, Dorothy Bush, used to donate money because of this segment. She was a retired school teacher and founder of the uh, Mickle Bush Spay-Neuter Foundation. And uh, so I always, during these fundraisers, I think fondly of Dorothy and uh, invite the rest of you also in that same spirit to donate to us, nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM Radio at 402-474-5086. Through the magic of the telephone connection, the next voice you you hear is going to be quite a bit more intelligent and certainly more charming than myself. That's your cue. Charlene? Good morning. There she is. There you are. She was messing Uh, with us. It was a little quiet. I was wondering. <laughs> well, the kids were playing with the board overnight here, so I found another button. That, ma- that makes three that were deselected. And all, in all fairness, that board has a lot of buttons. Yeah, so, Shirley, it's great to have you here. Uh, tell us what's going on here. at the Capital Humane Society. Uh, we have wonderful animals looking for homes, uh, great cats, dogs, several rabbits. So we hope that people will be out today and asking for more information. Rabbits. Be very, very <laughs> quiet. We're adopting rabbits. Okay, I guess that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, Scott's looking at the adopt a working cat thing. Tell us about that. Sure. So sometimes we do have cats that are going to be better suited for an outdoor lifestyle. Um, They still need proper um, housing and food Mm -hmm. and things, but um, basically they're going to be working cats and and mousers. So those are three cats that are currently in our working cat program that are looking for a home. And we do have um, an online application. So if you are looking for a cat outside of city limits, um, to uh, be a mouser, um, please consider one of our working cats. Okay, uh, give us three cats for adoption. Who's the first? First up, we're going to talk about C. 
C-E-E. Sure. And that is a little neutered male, domestic short hair, all black. He's got his little bow tie on there. <laughs> he is really, really oh. nice. Just looking for a nice family. He purrs and plays and is gentle and inquisitive. Uh, just going to be a really intelligent uh, sidekick. I see, see. Mm-hmm. Beautiful cat, and C's uh, um, buddy is? Next up is Aries, who is a fluffy cat, nine months old, a neutered male, <clears throat> uh, long fur, big bright eyes, looking for a great new home with people who will cherish his companionship. What a beautiful cat. It, it looks like he knows he's named after a god. <laughs> and he said, yeah, yes. you got that right. Yeah, these cats are always fun to look at. If you guys and gals are at home and want to follow along, it's capitalhumanesociety.org. And uh, so far, C and Aries and? Osborne. And he is two years old, a neutered male, black and brown tabby cat. Uh, you can see from his picture, he's way up high, ready to pounce out <laughs> and play. He does love his, his high spots so he can, you know, see what's going on all around. He would love to explore every corner of a new home and will be really a lot of fun. Three great cats. Uh, you could have one, two, or three of these. Osborne, Ozzy for short. Here's Charlene with hours open. Please visit us at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center. We will be open today and tomorrow from 11 to 5.30. Okay, we've got dogs for adoption, and uh, there's some great ones. Uh, who's first up? We got Baba, <laughs> and he has a red, uh, I think it's a chicken in his mouth. <laughs> it's a squeaky one, and he's real happy about it. You can see his tail is just a blur in the picture because it's wagging wildly. He is a two-year-old pit bull, a very, very nice dog looking for a family that uh, likes active and intelligent companionship. And uh, he likes his toy. My, my uh, former dog was a golden retriever, Zeb. And he had this uh, hard rubber ring toy that he just always had with him. And uh -huh. he would toss it up in the air and catch it and play catch and all sorts of stuff. Uh, take a look. a big scene. <laughs> oh, they're so fun. So, so uh, blessed to be able to have these pets. Bubba's a cool dog, and he's got a buddy who is? Next up is Taz. And Taz is 10 months old, an American Bulldog Border Collie mix. Um, a tan-colored dog with floppy ears, a neutered male, very, very high energy. Uh, needs a family that does have the time to provide him with training and lots of exercise. Um, but with proper direction, he is going to be a fine friend. Okay, Taz, T-A-Z. We've got Bubba, Taz, and our third dog is? Cicada. An 11-month-old German Shepherd, beautiful tricolored oh, yeah. German Shepherd. Yeah, really going to be a smart friend. Uh, looking for a home without kids and without cats. <laughs> so uh, if you have that sort of a home and love German Shepherds, this might be the perfect dog for you. Okay, we'd love to have you look at these dogs and cats. They're at um, capitalhumanesociety.org. And better yet, you can go out and see them this morning, today, or tomorrow. Here's Charlene with Hours Open. Please visit us at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center, open today and tomorrow from 11 to 530.
Okay, we sure appreciate our relationship with you, Charlene. And uh, what do you got going on for the rest of the weekend? Uh, we'll be busy here, I think. Um, we've got a, a lot of things going on with the animals that we have to get make sure that they're properly cared for, so that always keeps us busy. And then I do have tomorrow off, so I will probably be doing some housework. <laughs> fun, fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all that you do, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a great day. Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society make them the first place you go when you want to adopt a dog or a cat. We've got, uh, so far, donations from Clark from Stockwell Pharmacy, uh, Dr. Scott Donkin with Donkin Chiropractic, and Mr. Anonymous. And we're at uh, $149.30. And our goal is $1,500, so we've got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. And we can do that easily. We have done it before. I was looking um, just a couple of uh, years ago back at my Facebook feed, and there was a, a show that we did that our goal was 1,500, and we hit 1,800. Mm-hmm. So 402-474-5086. That number again is 402-474-5086. We'd love to talk to you. Next up is Paula Harris. And Paula, are we talking to you out on the West Coast? Yes, and you're talking to me as I'm overlooking this window all over Los Angeles. It's a little foggy today, but I'm at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles. And have you presented your paper yet? Not until Sunday. Okay, what's the title? I'm I'm really lucky, Scott, because I have Paul Heineck coming in for me, so we're going to do it together. Oh, a tandem, huh? Cool. (laughs) <laughs> well, I would guess you're. I, I would guess you're probably talking about Dr. Heineck then. Absolutely. Well, not only Dr. Heineck, but all the great ones, the ones that I call the heroes, mm-hmm. that have made this subject, which is often so much a fringe subject, that have made it legitimate. And so it's early in the morning out there. Did you acclimate okay to, to the West Coast and the time change? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, it's only an hour difference from Colorado, and I certainly acclimated to the weather because Colorado has had nonstop snowstorms, where here it's beautiful on palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of palm trees, that's something I'm looking forward to seeing again uh, this November for the Starworks USA UFO Symposium. I've been going since 2014, and it's a, a can't-miss event. So uh, between your writing, your boots-on-the-ground research, speaking at events, and the uh, facilitator for this great big event in November, you are keeping busy, young lady. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's a way to meet people that are really interested in this subject matter. You know, and it's not something easy that you can talk to your family about sometimes or just people off the street. So as you always say, Scott, it's a group of people that find each other that can talk the same language for a little while. Yeah, it's a kinship, a family. Uh, You feel like you're related to these folks. Um, There's lots of older people, of course, in the audience. Um, As I'm getting older, there are a few and fewer people older than myself. Um, Is there a need to bring more young people into this whole research field? 
Yes, and that's why we have Daniel Jones speaking. He received the award last year for the youngest researcher. He had to work with Jim Myers. So I made a decision to have him speak. Uh, he's very young, and hopefully he'll bring people with him. I mean, he's, I think he's in his maybe early 30s, late 20s. And, you know, I ha- and he's not well known. Nobody knows who he is, really. So I gave him an opportunity to speak so that maybe we could open the door to some of these younger people. Paula, we've got people listening from all over the world, according to our listener map. Uh, you are friends and uh, colleagues with the former defense minister from Canada, uh, Paul Hellier, who is famously quoted as saying, uh, UFOs are as real as the airplanes that fly over your head. Give the people listening a thumbnail idea on why this UFO mystery is so important. Oh, <coughs> well, because the thing is that this planet is not just a one-dimensional planet. This planet is uh, a historical planet that since we, um, since we uh, exploded the atomic bomb, we have caught the attention of our neighbors in the cosmos. And our neighbors in the cosmos have been, you know, many of them, not just one race of neighbors, could be related to us genetically in some way. And if we allow this phenomenon to play itself out, it may save us a lot of trouble. Because, as you know, the more that you get technologically um, sophisticated, the closer you may be to self-destruction. So since this started a lot around Roswell, 1947, 1945, near Trinity, we know for sure that someone is watching our progression. It's historical. It's not a hobby or anything that, um, you know, that uh, it's just entertainment value. And Paul Hellyer helped a lot because... When I did a speech for Paul Hellyer, and I covered the fact that these craft shut down missile silos and it appear over um, nuclear plants, then it becomes for the governments of the world uh, a matter of national security. And it's no longer funny, and it's no longer a hobby, and it's no longer silly. And they have been covering it forever forever. It's just that they have not talked about it publicly. And I think my personal reason that I think they don't is because they can't explain it. They don't know what to tell the people. But there's a very um, important quote about the Rendlesham Forest case that when Georgina Bruni, who was a journalist, woman journalist, she's now deceased, went up to Margaret Thatcher Margaret Thatcher said, get your facts straight and don't tell the people. So this Hmm. is the hot, you know, the, and there's a book called Don't Tell the People. And, you know, this is a matter, if you want to look at it as national security, you could do that. If you you want to look at it as we are part of a great cosmos, maybe related to the visitations, you can do it that way. You can do it any number of ways, but it, it is a reality. What, uh, among your many books that you've written, Paula, what would be a good book for somebody who is uh, a novice, but they've heard you this morning, they're kind of interested, what would be a good first book of yours to recommend? 
Well, connecting the dots, making sense of the UFO phenomena has Dr. Heineck, but it also has Dr. John Mack, the Harvard University um, psychiatrist that risked risked his career. I have four pages of an interview he gave me, and it has Monsignor Balducci from the Vatican. So here you've got all these people from different um, parts of life, from different parts of our society, making comments on something. So Connecting the Dots, I think, is a good first book. Uh, Paula's website is Paula Harris. That's P-A-O-L-A, paulaharris.com. And you'll find lots of information, Paula's uh, activities, as well as a link to the books. And she made the, the, the statement that the good book to recommend for a lot of you folks out there that want to learn more is Connecting the Dots, Making Sense of the UFO Phenomenon. Hey, you're going to see a lot of wonderful people out there this weekend. Would you give them all my best? I will. There's a lot of researchers here. And, uh, uh, Paula, we're in the middle of a fundraiser. What would you say to people? Um, You've been my friend for many, many years. Uh, You've been a colleague of mine. I'm so lucky to rub shoulders with you. What would you say to the people listening about the importance of supporting this radio show on non-profit, non-commercial KZUM radio? Well, you know, you need to model the thing, and, 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 and I, I'm getting ready to give you a donation, and when you hang up, call me back. <laughs> call me back, uh, because you, in order to do this, it's not free, and you need to support uh, this kind of media. Um, we have all kinds of other media out there, that this media is still going in, in many, many years, Scott. I don't know how many years have you been with uh, with this station. I'm going to hold on to the to table. This is, uh, we just celebrated 35 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on to the table. I mean, for 35 years, it, it, you know, I think you deserve, you deserve uh, to be supported. And it's not that a huge amount. Of, we're not talking millions of dollars. And let me be the first, uh, you know, your guest or, or so to donate something. So make sure somebody calls me back. Okay, Jim, can we get that done? Okay, sure. Uh, Paula, if you want to hold on, I, I will pick you back up when I, after I get the next guest called, okay? All right. Yeah, well, good luck, you guys. Okay, Paula, thank you for all that you do, and have a wonderful presentation today, a great weekend, safe journeys. Thank you. Paula Harris, her book, Connecting the Dot. Is the, is the book to look at, Connecting the Dots, Making Sense of the UFO Phenomenon. Her website's Paula Harris, P-A-O-L-A, paulaharris.com. She's at the uh, Whole Life Expo on the West Coast and giving a presentation today with um, Paul Hynek, Dr. Jalen Hynek's son. They'll be talking about all things UFO. Hey, so uh, who's this in the studio with me? Hi, I'm Sam. Um, I'm also a KZUM programmer. I have a Sunday night uh, program called Other Music, which uh, is just a variety of experimental or other unusual music. Yeah. And so thank you for taking time from your Saturday morning to be with us here. Yeah, absolutely. And you're answering phones. It's 402-474-5086. 
and we'd like to make this young man, he goes by Sam, uh, we'd like to make him work this morning. So uh, give us a call at 402-474-5086, and we'd love to take your donation for nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM. Why should people consider donating to KZUM, Sam? What, what are a couple of good reasons? Well, uh, I mean, there's so much good original content that's been coming out from KZUM that's just uh, been available for free on the air for so many years. And, you know, I think people sort of take for granted that it's just been available for them on the radio whenever they're driving. Uh, but uh, it takes quite a bit of money to keep uh, like a sound program uh, studio going. There's a lot of gear in here and from time to time it breaks and uh, you need to keep the lights on and there's a I think people really get a lot of value out of this uh, station it's been a really good for the community uh, Tad Frazier is also out there answering phones thank you Tad very much and uh, it's 402-474-5086 we would love to hear from you uh, 402-474-5086 and you know, it takes everyone. If you've never donated before, now is the time. We can show you how easy it is and painless it is. In fact, we're quite pleasant people to talk okay. to. Are you there? That's Paula Harris. Okay, Paula, we're going to hang up and call you back. All right. There we go. And you won't believe the wonderful feeling you get knowing you did your part in keeping us on the air for you. And the guy with a cool Hawaiian shirt that just walked in is Ed Rumbaugh. <laughs> and uh, so he does a cool program on Tuesday afternoons of uh, experimental jazz. Sure. <laughs> it says sure. He's a raconteur of tall tales and... Uh, Hold some sort of a record for going down the uh, super slide. Was that the Kmart or Treasure City parking lot? Treasure City. Treasure City. First with uh, shopping carts and then with motorcycles. And he survived. So we've got the gangs all here. Uh, and we're going to start uh, our next segment here coming up. We've got uh, Brent Rains. And Brent's down in Tennessee. He's taking time to talk with us. This is just like uh, an old home week here. We've got all the, all the folks here for the party. And we're celebrating a couple of things. It's the KZUM birthday, 42 years, and the 35th anniversary celebration for the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena radio show. Take part in this celebration, donate, and join people like Clark at Stockwell Pharmacy, Dr. Scott Donkin, Donkin Chiropractic, Mr. Anonymous, and Paula Harris. The number is 402-474-5086. And Sam, I give that number out a lot because my late mother, Gentry, said, well, you do pretty good, but you don't tell people the number enough. Do you expect people to be out there with, like, pencils in hands? You need to repeat the number a lot. Yeah, uh, also... Um, you can use the website kzm.org in case uh, you're not good at remembering numbers and you're driving and you need to do it later. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty available for you to give us money in multiple ways if you'd like. 
Yep, and don't procrastinate. Now is the time. Uh, and we need to hear from you either through the website, kzum.org, and or call us. And there's also gifts available for people if they want a little something uh, for themselves for giving. Um, I think, what is today's gift? It's a Pepe's uh, Bistro $25 gift card for the first person who pays $89.30 who wants to retrieve that. It's excellent food. Uh, they have it here today, and it's really good. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and bring on our next guest, and this should be Brent Rains. And Brent, how are you this morning? Well, I got <clears throat> a little uh, sinus drainage right now, but other than that, I think uh, I'm doing quite well. <laughs> how about yourself, Scott? Good. I'm, I'm getting better and better. And it's Saturday right. up here. We uh, don't have snow falling, which is always a good thing for Nebraska in February. Well, that's great. We had a little snowfall yesterday, but it's all cleared off now and sunny. Still kind of kind of down in the uh, about 40 or so, but we're getting there. <laughs> oh, that's not too far away from, from what we're at. Yeah. Well, how about that? So, uh, in Nebraska. <laughs> Brent, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. You and I share a longtime interest in the work of uh, John Keel. You went a huge, huge step farther and wrote a book about John Keel. And you've made lots of appearances. How is that going for you? Do you enjoy telling stories about John Keel? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite rewarding for me. I mean, I, I was quite influenced by my, you know, correspondence with him and, and, uh, and reading his materials and following up on his, uh, his ideas, his, his, his theories and everything and the, and the, and the, the work that he did in the field. And, uh, and I'm really not sure at what point I decided to write a book, uh, but, you know, it just seemed like the right move to make because there was uh, so much that I felt I, I learned from him by the example that he set. And, uh, you know, I was so moved that, I mean, in the, practically the whole summer of 1975, I was uh, traveling uh, from Maine to Florida, interviewing dozens of researchers and experiencers, you know, that I could locate. So uh, I was pretty heavily influenced by the man. And we had uh, the good fortune of having John back to a Lincoln conference and he gave a couple of presentations here. Uh, so he tells us that we need to keep an open mind, we need to look at these reports and um, try to be as open to these ideas as possible because there are kernels of truth in there in these witness reports. And you've just gotten uh, an elaborate one, a more detailed one about a Omaha, Nebraska uh, potential men in black experience. Right. Thanks to you. Uh, you know, our last uh, talk together, uh, mentioning uh, a gentleman up in Omaha who had an unusual experience, he and some others in his family, and, uh, you know, was at the uh, Forest Lawn Cemetery there in Omaha, and it was a Saturday, a little after sunset, uh, late summer of 1988, and, uh, um, he said that he and his wife, Linda, and sister-in-law, Judy, they were standing outside the vehicle, I guess, looking at the sky. And it's says not unusual, a lot of aircraft in the area of Omaha. But that uh, 
they'd seen something that was moving very slowly, and uh, it there was no sound, and it looked like it uh, came down, dropped down in the north edge of the cemetery. And so they jumped in the car and they headed that way, and uh, Frank was this Frank was driving and um, said that uh, as they were en route to the cemetery, something had shot up into the sky from there. And they just thought it looked really unusual, and they returned the, the next very next day in the daytime. And it was uh, him and his wife, Linda, again, and uh, her brother, Mike, and uh, her father, named Bert, who was the deputy sheriff, a former deputy sheriff. And uh, while they were there looking around the ground, they found an area that looked uh, kind of unusual. It was like a windswept circle about 30, 40 feet across with marks on the ground or indentations that were in a triangle pattern. And while they were looking at this, all of a sudden there was a like a 40s or 50s sedan that had just suddenly, you know, pulled up there. They didn't hear, you know, it was quite, uh, you know, just suddenly there it seemed like. And, and these two men uh, who appeared to be guards uh, dressed in dark clothing approached and, you know, slowly approached and wanted to know what they were, what they were looking at, or what they were doing, and uh, and uh, they said they were just kind of looking around. And uh, anyway, these uh, these two individuals seemed quite menacing, and and uh, you know, told them they didn't need to to be be there, and they they just kind of got spooked by the whole experience and got in their vehicle and left. And then afterwards, after they had calmed down and got their wits about them. They, they began to think, well, how rude these people were, and, and uh, followed up the very next day and contacted the, the people who, you know, were overseers of the of the uh, cemetery and found out they didn't have any guards, you know, uh, like that. There was, you know, it wasn't their people. <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of kind of an interesting parallel to the story I was telling you about the uh, story that Claudia Cunningham up in Albany, New York, was telling about the the very large cemetery up there that a woman back in 19, uh, I mean 2010, said that she experienced was uh, she just went in and was looking around the the cemetery. It's several acres, and then she had this very unusual experience where she's up on a hill. She's got her all of her windows are down, and uh, you know there's no one around, and um, she's going up the hill. It's the gravel type, you know, road, and you can hear vehicles. You know, the crunch, crunch her own vehicle of, of going over the the road there. And she stops, and she's going to get out. She does get out actually, and she turns around. All of a sudden, there's this large black Hummer with black tinted windows. Uh, almost, she said, almost right up against the back of her vehicle, and she never heard a thing. Wow. And so that kind of shook her up, so she got back in her vehicle, and uh, she started to inch forward, and then this vehicle passed around her, did a U-turn, and started going um, down a uh, down another road. And so, you know, this is what she saw, so she did a U-turn, and she was, you know, thinking that someone was trying to spook her, you know, and she was going to find out who it was. And uh, she suddenly discovered where she thought there was a road, there was just a like a chain link fence, and 
We thought that was unusual. So anyway, she returned back to the main entrance there, uh, near where there's an office, and there was this, again, the same black car, and this time there was a gentleman standing outside it, uh, dressed in black with a fedora-type hat, and wrapped around black sunglasses. He turned around, and she pulled up alongside there, and he pulled the glasses down and looked at her and grinned. And she said there was someone else in the vehicle, but she couldn't really, you know, give a description. Uh, I guess because of the windows. And she, uh, at that point, she, you know, thought this is, you know, maybe they're mafia or something, you know. So she, she pulled out, put the pedal to the metal, and uh, within two seconds, she looks back in the mirror, and the man and the vehicle are all gone. And you know, she felt like. See, they had just disappeared. I mean, there was no time for that guy to get in his vehicle and and uh, leave without uh, in that length of time. So anyway, um, she also came across uh, this Claudia, a, a school school friend from high school, who uh, also told that he was at the cemetery one time, and uh, uh, there was a large blue car with three men in it, and they rolled their windows down, and they told him he didn't need to be there, get out, you know. And uh, they were dressed in black, and he thought they were uh, maybe mafia-type people. He didn't know why it was wrong for him to be in the cemetery, but anyway. <laughs> and uh, Claudia had been doing some research online after that and, and found out that uh, there were all kinds of stories associated with the cemetery involving people seeing apparitions, ghosts and such, and... and uh, uh, Tim Beckley, she contacted Tim Beckley and told him what had happened, and he'd come up, and while they were going to the cemetery, lo and behold, they discovered that, uh, um, you know, Charles Fort was buried there. The I'll be darned. Fortina, you know, along with some family members of his. So, um, and then, you know, after you told me that story, I, I tried to look up, see if there was anything on, online about it, and came across the story in Ohio on a YouTube. There was actually several stories on the YouTube of unusual UFO-type events, and one described uh, um, Wellsburg, Ohio, uh, a cemetery where some, I think it was three young people in the cemetery, and they, they were just relaxing one night and uh, saw this strange orb-type thing flying through the air and came down in some trees nearby, so they were going to go investigate it. And then uh, this girl, there was two guys and a girl, and the uh, girl started pointing in the opposite direction, and there were these uh, men dressed in uh, black dress pants and white long sleeve shirts who were walking, uh, three of them at first, in a V-type formation in their direction, and then there was uh, two more. And, uh, <clears throat> and then the story kind of gets where they suddenly discover it's... Uh, the sun's coming up, and they've lost time, and they don't know just what happened. So I just recently returned to that same YouTube site, which I sent you a link to at the time, as I recall, and and it's been removed. So I am contacted a MUFON friend to see if they can find uh, any information, because this was supposed to be a MUFON case, according to the, uh, you know, um, according to the uh, video, YouTube. So, anyway, I'm just uh, kind of fishing around, see if anybody's got any more stories like that. I mean, there's been stories for a number of years that I remember uh, 
cases involving UFOs appearing low over cemeteries here in the United States and up in Canada. And uh, this MIB type angle is kind of a, a different thing to me, so I, I just find it quite uh, quite intriguing. So yeah, the the story know, uh, Brent from Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. with um, uh, Frank is interesting because uh, a cemetery would not have guards ordering people out during broad daylight. That's something right. that would be very, very unusual. Um, and then second, that um, Frank's um, stepfather, Linda's, his wife's father, was a no-nonsense, pretty gruff, retri- retired deputy county sheriff. And uh, it was totally unlike his personality to meekly acquiesce and say, okay, yeah, we're going to go and, and get in the car with you know Frank and Linda and, and drive away. Um, a number of weird things. They didn't hear the car pull up on that graveled path behind them. Didn't hear the guys walk up. They were just sort of suddenly there. Um, and, you know, if, gosh, <laughs> guards that work for a, a cemetery, why would they be driving a late 40s sedan? Right, and that's the that's the same thing with the you know the case in Albany. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's got the you know suddenly the vehicle is there, then suddenly it's not, and then there's the you know uh, she sees her go down this hill, and and suddenly she tries to follow where it went, and there's a, a chain link fence there. Um, you know, it's like uh, and and again, she said the the car it was this big black car with the, the dark windows it was like something off a showroom. Uh, Area. I mean, it was like brand spanking new, you know. Um, and uh, again, the very you know threatening, menacing uh, way uh, where you know this person who was quite curious suddenly decides you know to get scared and and, and and must leave the area. Brent, we're experiencing some unexplained phenomena during our conversation with you because there's a bleed through of what sounds like a Spanish language conversation as a carrier signal underneath your voice. Hmm. I don't hear it. <laughs> Did it, all you folks hear it? Yeah, I was hearing it. Yeah, I've been hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, well, maybe you, maybe get, get someone to translate this, maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, whenever, whenever you start talking is when we hear that carrier signal. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Hey, Brent, you've been a longtime researcher. You know about the importance of of the shoestring budgets that we all operate on. And what would you say about supporting this radio program that's been on the air for 35 years and nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM radio? Why is this conversation that we've just had, why is this important to support with people's donations? Well, because uh, this is really from everything I, I know, I mean, this is the longest-running show, and it it, uh, it has an, an air of, of authenticity that, that none of the other Johnny-come-latelys have. You know, I mean, well, thank you've you. been around a long, long time, you and your crew, and, and uh, it really uh, can present aspects to a lot of the things that are talked about from a very mature, experienced background. Oh, yeah, Jim, at me for some reason. Yeah, Jim, my, my co-host here, he started on the show when he was like five. Yeah, that's it. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay. That's great. So yeah, we, ha- we have these conversations that are not scripted. We don't have somebody coming in saying, you can't talk to Brent, or you've got to talk to this person because they're a blank, blank, blank. We do all these things because it matters to us, and there's a lot of you folks that have been listening for a long time, and it matters to you because you're listening. So here's a question, folks. How long have you been listening? You don't have to call me up and tell me that. Just kind of think about it. And how long have you been listening without donating? Maybe you gave last year or a couple years ago. So maybe you've never given to KZUM. Now is the time to do so. And we're at 402-474-5086, extension one. We will gladly take your donation. And uh, we are just a shade under $200, I think, Jim. $199.30, thanks to our donation from the lovely and brilliant Paula Harris. So our goal is fifteen hundred. We got thirteen hundred to go. Please call and uh, we've got a couple of handsome young fellas standing by to answer the phone here. So. Yeah. Uh, Brent, where next do you go? What's next on your agenda? Well, um, you know, I'm working on the, you know, the next issue of Alternate Perceptions. Of course, I've got an interview coming up. Uh, in just a few days with Tom Dongo out in Sedona, Arizona, whose uh, book, Merging Dimensions, oh, sure. uh, is coming out again, I think as third reprint. And uh, a Tim Renner uh, in Pennsylvania, who is um, started out, as I understand, as a, as a you know, Bigfoot investigator, like, like we do in ufology. We're influenced originally by the literature. Uh, we're thinking nuts and bolts, and then we think, oh, some of this is really high strangeness, and he came across with the same thing with his Bigfoot investigations, and now he's all over the place. Yeah. And uh, so I think we're going to have, you know, between Tom and Tim, there's going to be some very interesting things that will come out in our, our interviews. Folks, if you and, want to uh, subscribe to that free online newsletter, it's um, Alternate Perceptions Magazine. Uh, it's apmagazine.info. Did I get that right? You sure did. Okay. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Scott. APmagazine.info. And Brent, um, you and your wonderful wife had a great re- rest of the weekend, and I hope that we all get better and better health-wise. All right. Amen. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. Enjoy, at all, as always, talking with you. It's always um, very interesting. We never know just where the conversation is going to go, but it's always somewhere interesting. Okay, keep your eyes peeled for those guys in black suits with those late 40 sedans. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Brent. Okay, thank you, Scott. Much appreciated. Uh, Brent Raines, R-A-Y-N-E-S. He's the editor-publisher of Alternate Perceptions Magazine. And you can land on that website. It's apmagazine.info. And just have a big, tall cup of coffee or a beverage because you're going to be there for a long time. Lots of interesting stuff. Hey, our phone number is 402-474-5086. And Marshall, uh, what what color of microphone are you over there? Yellow. Uh, are you blue? Yellow. yellow. You're yellow. I wouldn't call you yellow to your face. <laughs> See, there you go. 
Hey, so Marshall, why should people call in? Um. Yeah, just, just tell us why it's important. I mean, why are you here? You could be out doing anything. <laughs> uh, because locally uh, funded radio is... Um, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> there's no corporate sponsorship or anything. Right. Everything's... There's no hidden agenda or anything. All the programmers here do everything because they're passionate about it and not because they're, you know, trying to make money or anything. So it's really, um, as uh, Brett was saying, authentic and stuff. And yeah, thank you. There's no, uh, and that's with all the programming at the station, too. Good job. And Sam, what about you? I mean, you could be doing anything this Saturday morning. See, folks, this is, this is another reason why you should be donating is because these guys, they're here taking your donations. They could be doing anything out there. S Sam, why are, you, why are you here? Oh, I'm here because I, I really uh, appreciate just what a like, good, authentic, I don't know, community-based radio can like, provide for uh, yeah, the community, basically. I really like the, uh, all the programs that are on the show. And, and like I've met a lot of these people, and they're all yeah, they're all very passionate, and yeah, no one's really getting like any uh, payment out of this, obviously. So like, it's just a uh, you know something that I really like appreciate and not take for granted that we have you know in time when like anyone can <clears throat> get content from basically anywhere because you know technology has made it so available. There's still like people that want to locally communicate with uh, other people in their community and like provide like unique original content and it's really good <laughs> okay again sam marshall thank you very much for being here that was well put yeah we're, we're talking from um the uh bottom of our hearts or as a friend of mine used to say the hearts of our bottoms we're, <laughs> we're talking to you folks about the need to support kzum radio and we'd love to hear from you 402-474-5086 and we've got uh Pledge levels, donation levels at $60, uh, $89.30. That's what Mr. Anonymous did. Uh, we've got uh, 105086. And uh, the station is counting on you. Uh, we are counting on you. Your fellow listeners are counting on you. Do your part, pull your weight, and give. 402 474 5086. You'll be glad that you did. We'll be right back. Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. It's great to be here with you. I always look forward to these um, fun driver uh, mornings because it gives us a chance to talk to lots of people out there in the listening audience that have been listening for uh, weeks, months, years. There are a few of you out there that have probably been listening since October of 1984. Um, the cool thing about our internet presence is that if you moved out of Lincoln and you live any place in the world through that website, kzum.org, you can listen to this program and a whole variety of your favorite programs. Uh, we have the best blues of any radio station in the country uh, every afternoon, Monday through Friday. It's just drive time blues, great stuff. And again, it's not corporate-directed, corporate-sponsored. This is not one of those radio stations that flipping the dial, you're going to hear the same thing talked about or played here as is being played on other radio stations. 
Uh, KZUM is unique, um, and you know that because that's why you're listening. So if you appreciate this, there's a need to support it because KZUM has the same routine expenses that we all do. Uh, there is rent, there's utilities, there's staff, acquisition costs. Uh, there's always stuff that we need to have in the coffers to pay for the expenses. And we exist because of you folks out there. 402-474-5086 and extension 1 is the phone number. 402-474-5086. And we really appreciate you taking time from your morning, uh, no matter where you are in the world, to call us up with a pledge. And the Listra map shows people all over the place, all over the world. All over the world, literally. Wouldn't it be fun to have somebody outside the U.S. call in a donation? Well, that would be awesome. Yeah, let's, let's hope that that next call that we get is 402-474-5086, that somebody from outside the States calls in. Uh, and we'd love to have, in the next 10 minutes, we'd love to have two people at that $89.30 level. Uh, we need to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. 402-474-5086. We love the space between your ears, and you know that because that's why you're listening. If you're listening right now, put your money where your ears have been and call us at 402-474-5086. Our next guest up is the one and only Preston Dennett. And um, if I'm facing the right direction, Preston is out that direction. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Preston, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, it's so great as always to talk to you. Yeah, I told Preston we should just set a cot up in the back for him because he's, he's been here just about every weekend lately. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think he'd like all the treats out there? Yeah, we got donuts and little little cupcakes and muffins and all kinds of stuff. We've got uh, that gift certificate for Pepe's Bistro that mm-hmm. if somebody pledges uh, or donates $89.30, is it a $25? Yeah, it's $25. should be right over there, Jim, on your left. It's $25. $25, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, anytime you want to come back here, Preston, we can feed you <laughs> and find a place for you. That was the point of all this. Yeah, you're, you're out there in uh, California, and yet you've got a presence worldwide. Yeah. You've written how many books? 26. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so good. Uh, Schoolyard UFO Encounters, we talked to you about that recently. Um, the Healing Power of UFOs which is, it runs over 500 pages. It destroys the myth that UFOs and aliens are just out to get us and to just abduct us and hurt us and things. Uh, And what's the latest book? The latest is Onboard UFO Encounters. Wow. Uh, In true cases. Witness testimony, so important to hear. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is a lot more common than people realize, probably even within the UFO community. Uh, One guy I interviewed in England, he's convinced pretty much everybody is having these experiences, but they just don't remember. A number of abductees, experiencers have told me that. So I sometimes wonder if this is, you know, a universal experience. 
Uh, yes. How about when somebody is out on a uh, summer night and uh, they're out walking and they look up and they see this bright light that's dancing around and it appears to come lower and lower and uh, then it shoots up and they walk back to their house but it's a lot later now and maybe their family member or loved one says, wow, where have you been? That 15-minute walk just took you an hour and a half. Right. And how many people keep very close track of time? Mm. I and mean, I had one experience myself where I could have had missing time. And I, I don't know. You know, I, I think I've told you about it where I saw a little ball of light come right up to my windshield driving home one evening. And, you know, I don't remember driving home after that. I don't remember what happened. I could have had missing time. I don't know. Uh, it could very well be. But, yeah, I do think it's more common than people realize. Uh, I figured that out years ago when I heard a quote from J. Allen Hynek saying that one in 40 people have had an onboard UFO experience. And that was back in the late 1980s when I heard that. I thought, no, no way. That's what kicked me into high gear. I asked everyone I knew. Didn't have to ask 40 people. And I found five people who were definite experiencers. So, yeah, I do think it's a lot more common. And uh, that's why shows like yours are so important, uh, because really it's all about education. If we can get everyone to start looking into this subject, UFOs, and let's face it, you know, life after death, and Bigfoot, and all these other things, uh, I think it would be a much different world. We'd all come together. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if we had the knowledge, the sure knowledge that there were other intelligent life in the universe, it would make some, some of our petty squabbles seem a lot less significant, wouldn't it? I think so. It's a huge, huge universe out there. I mean, just looking at the pictures from the Hubble telescope, you can take one tiny, tiny section of sky, and they blow it up, and there are literally galaxies upon galaxies within there. So we're looking at, you know, not billions of worlds. We're looking at, you know, gazillions. So, I mean, it's just beyond imagination. And there's something special about Earth that these visitors are either coming here from who knows where and or they've been here for a while. Yeah, there does seem to be a particular fascination with humans. I'm not sure it's if it's because we have an incredible diversity here on this planet, we just don't know enough about other planets to really say why ETs are so fascinated with us. But the evidence is showing us that they are uh, very interested in all things human. So I think there's going to be something going on here. I don't know if we're having an age of enlightenment, if there's going to be some major event that everyone's interested. Uh, but Something is definitely going down. From my reading of the literature and my talking with um, experiencers, people that have had these onboard experiences, uh, have you also heard uh, kind of a an interesting statement or question by these visitors that they find it very interesting that we have pets? Yeah. I, I do find that interesting because we don't see that a lot onboard UFOs in terms of, you know, ETs having pets. Mm. Uh, but 
in that you know vein, uh, I was told by one experiencer, she the aliens told her that they are aware of pets and that they've been working with particularly dogs and cats to improve their emotional intelligence so that they are more like humans and get along with humans. Uh, they also told her that many of the accounts of angels in our historical writings were them. So they've been with us for a long time, and apparently they care enough about us to sort of boost the intelligence of dogs and cats in particular. Well, that explains uh, why my cat thinks she's opinion. so smart. <laughs> well, that, she hangs out with you, Jim. Obviously. She doesn't you know have that dogs, The relationship with dogs and humans goes back many thousands of years. Oh, yes. Uh, so we, we've been working closely with dogs for a very, very long time. And uh, when I heard that from, you know, this experience, I'm like, hmm, you know, that kind of makes sense because dogs do have very complex emotions. I remember our dog, Maxine, who would catch her trying to, you know, sneak inside and get on, sleep on the couch, which she wasn't allowed to do. <laughs> and whenever she was caught, she would get this guilty face. She'd hang her head and she'd walk outside. Mm. So she knew, <laughs> she yeah, knew she what knew. she was doing was wrong. Yeah. Uh, what has crossed your desk in the last two to three weeks? Um, have you had uh, more stories submitted, or have you done some more follow-up investigations? Um, I've been pretty busy working on various things, um, mostly trying to get the corrections done for my latest book, so I haven't had time to follow up on a, a lot of the emails and stuff I'm getting. Um, but probably the most interesting story I keep thinking about is this one story from the book, Joe, Joe Gardner, a gentleman from Virginia, who was driving with his family. He was like, let's see, four and a half, almost five years old. And he and his family decided to go blackberry picking. And they come upon this spaceship house. They thought it was a house, mm. uh, but it looked like a flying saucer. It had you know, big uh, landing legs, was round, saucer-shaped, had little portholes. They thought it was a house, <laughs> landed by the side of the road. And Joe's like, let's stop, let's stop, let's look at this. So they pulled a U-turn, and they did. They stopped, and they realized that this structure had no driveway. It had no wires going to it. There was nothing to say that this was an actual house. And they got out of the car, so they walked. It was about 100 yards or so off the road and walked right up to it, walked around it, walked underneath it. Joe reached up and touched one of the landing legs. He says it was ice cold. And uh, for a while, that's all they remembered. Uh, the next thing they know, they're driving away, and it's dark now. It was daytime when they got there. This was a trip that normally would take about an hour, maybe two. When they got home, it was 2 a.m., 10 hours had passed. Wow. They all fell asleep, to, yeah, they all fell asleep together on the living room floor, which is something they've never done. Uh, so, yeah, something very unusual happened, and he recalled being taken on board, and it was a fairly typical experience in a lot of ways. They were physically examined, uh, given messages. He was shown the engine room and taken up to the dome and shown the stars and things like this, but really kind of started his lifetime of contact. He's had contact regularly ever since then. Uh, what about the rest of his family or friends? Have they had, does it seem to be centered around him or 
does stuff happen to people in his periphery? Uh, well, his sister denies the event. She calls him UFO Joe and doesn't want to talk about it. Oh, jeez. Uh, his father only admitted it once when he was a little boy. He was, Joe was telling his friends, me and my dad, we, my whole family were on a spaceship. And his dad didn't want to admit it, but he was walking by. And his friend says, is that true, Mr. Gardner? Did, did you want a spaceship? And he just nodded his head once, uh, which made Joe feel real proud. Uh, so he never talked about it. The mother did, however, and she said as a little girl, she was about eight years old, she was out playing in the front yard, and she felt someone was staring at her. She's looking around, trying to figure out who's staring at her, looks up, there's this typical flying saucer. It was way up there, but it dropped out of the sky in one second, and it was right over her head, and the next thing she knows, it's dark. It's been about three, it was just after school, three or four o'clock. And she realizes she's going to be in trouble, so she rushes inside. Now, she's in the front yard, rushes inside. Her entire family is there, her cousins, the entire extended family. And uh, it's now after 9 o'clock, almost 10. They're clustered around the phone, and they look at her, and they just cannot believe it. They're like, where were you? She said, I was right in the front yard the whole time. I said, no, you weren't. We looked. And who did you get in a fight with? I haven't been fighting. I said, you're lying because there's blood all over your good dress. Wow. She looked down and sure enough, she had had a severe bloody nose. Uh, so apparently she did have missing time, uh, probably a physical examination and other stuff, but she doesn't remember a bit of it. It's clear to me, though, that Joe's experiences are an extension of hers, his mother. So yeah, they do track families for sure. This is Preston Dennett, and if you type his name into your favorite search engine, Preston Dennett, he's going to pop right up. And uh, his latest book is about onboard UFO encounters. And I've said so for years. It's so important to hear directly from these people that are having the experiences, because I think that's where really the truth lies uh, and can help give us direction there. Uh, Future writing projects for yourself, Preston? Oh, yeah. I've, oh, gosh, God, I've got them lined up. There must be 20, 30 more books I want to write that I can think of right now. I'm currently working on one about people who have been in disasters and survival situations and were rescued by supernatural means, mm -hmm. whether it's a ghost or an angel or a precognitive dream. Uh, but a lot of experiences like that where people are literally at the end of their rope, whether it's you know, in a plane crash or a sinking ship or a car accident, and something incredible happens to save their life. And just proves to me that we are not alone, that there are people, there are ETs, there are spirits, angels watching over us all the time. And that even when you know, things are as grim as they can get, uh, there is hope. There are people who love us that we don't even know about. So it's sort of changing my whole view of the universe a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of older people that if you talk to them and you get into a kind of uh, quieter space, they let their guard down. Uh, you're going to hear, I think, these stories about their near brushes with something. 
and how that forms part of their their belief that there is a reality greater than this, and that is a supporting, loving, uh, wonder-filled reality. Uh, very quickly, Preston, I was a rock and roll musician, uh, and we were driving from western Nebraska down to Kansas. We'd played in, in western Nebraska on a Saturday night, and we were driving down to Kansas. I think we had a, a day off, maybe, and then we're going to uh, set up in a club for a couple of days. So we were trying to get an early start. Uh, I was driving all night, uh, and it was early Sunday morning down in Kansas someplace. I came up over the, the hill, and there was a, a, a blind uh, stop sign and a county road that allowed people to turn onto this main turnpike. And as I came over the top of the hill, I saw this flash of movement at the corner of my, my right eye. And instinctively, I hit the brakes on the van and turned the wheel to the right, turning in direction of this movement. And what I see is a husband and wife in the front seat, there are two kids in the back seat in a station wagon, and they've blown through that stop sign, oblivious to me, and they're coming across the turnpike to continue on this county road. Uh, and so I've got the, the van turned to the right, my left front bumper and fender, I doubt you could have put anything thicker than a piece of paper between the back end of their car and my front fender and bumper. We were that close. I saw all the people's expressions in the car as they, in slow motion, went by me, and I barely missed them. I had a 5 by 8 trailer on the back of this van. Uh, wow. th three or four other people inside the van. And uh, so the trailer is whooping back and forth. I'm trying to maintain control and, and not roll this thing. And everybody's waking up, you know, asking me what's going on. So I can think back to that experience. And, you know, it wasn't my time or I had some, uh, I had some real help. And so like Joe Campbell says, uh, he's got no, no need for faith because he has experience. And I feel blessed to have both. I've got faith and experience. Yeah, I still remember that after all these years. Wow. Oh yeah, I can I can close my eyes right now and uh, and uh, see that whole thing play out. So I know that uh, that I'm, I'm very blessed. Event. Yeah, for sure. How about another story, Mister Dennett? Um, you've got so many, and it's so fun to always hear from you. Um, yeah, well, one of the supernatural survival stories: a lady I talked to, Doris, was getting ready to cross the street. Uh, when she heard a voice shout, stop, she recognized it immediately. It was her father's voice. The problem was he had been deceased for many years, and it wasn't just a voice. Uh, she felt his hand grab her arm and pull her back from the curb back onto the sidewalk. And she whirled around. There was nobody there. But at that exact moment, a vehicle came barreling down the road and would have struck her for sure. She was literally, you know, a foot away from this car, which was just 
going way too fast. Uh, she absolutely convinced her father saved her life. And I uh, have a feeling this sort of thing happens a lot more than people realize. They just kind of write it off. Uh, but she's had a lot of experiences like, like this. Uh, she's had a lot of precognitive dreams, uh, UFO sightings. Uh, she's been taken on board a UFO. Uh, so she's had a lot of experiences like this. But she's one of the ladies I worked with uh, as a much younger man who really woke me up to the fact that these sort of things do happen. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the supernatural survival stories that uh, I'm hoping to include in this book. Well, we're going to ask for all you folks listening in Lincoln and worldwide that have heard Preston and I to, if, if you've got a survival story, to please do share that with Preston. And uh, Preston, I'm going to point out also the book by Martin Caden called Ghosts of the Air. And there's a, there's a couple of really good stories in there about people that have been saved and or prevented from something. Um, one in particular oh, yeah. with a, a, a transcontinental air flight and uh, the pilot's deceased best friend, his voice appearing in the cockpit telling him to turn the plane a certain direction. So if you've got stories of your own for Preston Dennett, like I say, he's really easy to find. Uh, get on your favorite search engine and type in Preston Dennett, and he's going to pop right up. Preston, my last question before I cut you loose here, and we always appreciate, as Jim said earlier, we always appreciate being able to talk with you. Um, why should people listening that have heard us talk about um, a couple things this morning, why should they, in turn, support non-profit, non-commercial KZUM radio? Oh, gosh. So many reasons. I mean, you mentioned you've been on the air since 1984. <laughs> wow. That's, I think, gosh, one of the longest-running paranormal shows out there. Yay! And uh, that is huge. I mean, that's hugely significant. I just can't imagine how many people you've helped uh, with oh, you know, you. this show. I know that often when I talk to people, they're like I had no one to turn to. You no, know, I had no information out there. Mm -hmm. uh, no one wants to talk about this. I haven't even told my spouse, my family. Uh, so, a lot of people, you know, don't know where to turn, and to have a show like yours out there, it's huge. It's hugely important, and uh, I think these subjects are extremely important. Life after death. If people knew that was real. They're, they would live their lives differently. Mm -hmm. They knew that there were ETs out there watching over us. Um, it completely changed the world. So the work you're doing is very important, and it's really important that people support that. I think we're all one. We're all connected. We're all together on this planet, and uh, we really do need to come together, get along, and try and educate ourselves about all these subjects and make this world a better place. And I think your show is really integral in doing that. And I uh, can't thank you enough for, you know, holding the torch for so long. And that's why I think it's so important that people just dig in a little bit, you know, whether it's a dollar or two or 20 or whatever you can afford. Uh, it's going to make a difference. So I really hope that people can, you know, just dig in a little bit and give because it does make a difference. Preston, thank you very much for your very kind and warm remarks. And uh, 
we send that appreciation, my friend, right back to you. You're one of our favorites, and we will look forward to talking with you next month. Awesome. There is going to be a, a, a march because the calendar says so, so I'll talk to you then. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks, Preston. Um, survival after death, if you've had near brushes and you realize that and you're grateful for something, give Preston Dennett a note and tell him about your experience. Preston Dennett, and we thank you very much. I'm Scott Colborn with Jim Shorney, and we've got Sam and Marshall here in the studio. We're answering phones and taking donations, and we'd like to have a couple more uh, people at $89.30 call in donations at 402-474-5086. That number again is 402-474-5086. If you've been a longtime listener, now, N-O-W, now is the time for you to step forward and to be counted as a supporter. Perhaps you've already donated years ago. Let's have you re-up. Maybe this is your first time experience. This kind of radio and these important conversations, they don't happen without you. 402-474-5086. Please do call. Thanks to Clark at Stockwell Pharmacy Dr. Scott Donkin with Donkin Chiropractic, Mr. Anonymous, Paula Harris, uh, Randy Voppel. Randy, thank you so much. Always great to, to hear from you. And Jeff, thank you for your contribution. We've raised just about $300, so we've got a ways to go. $1,200 more to hit our goal of $1,500. 402-474-5086. We would love to hear from you. And uh, speaking, Jim and, and Sam and Marshall, speaking to hearing from somebody, coming up at 12 noon is an old friend of ours. It's Mr. Ryan Evans. Oh, yeah. I saw him. Yeah. How about that, huh? I haven't seen him for a while. This is kind of a reboot of um, Trees with Roots. Now, is it Roots or Roots? <laughs> I think if you're in Nebraska, it's both, right? <laughs> okay. Ryan Evans comes up here on Beta Radio at 12 o'clock noon. Who's coming up next week? We've got Rob and Trish McGregor. Their brand new book is called Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Powers. And uh, I just personally consulted Trish, she's an astrologer, for some astrology work. I don't know if you knew that about her, but interesting folks, Rob and Trish McGregor. Uh, two weeks from today, we've got Dr. Lynn Katai, and she's the featured speaker at the upcoming 23rd annual Phoenix Lights anniversary event in um, Phoenix on Sunday, March 15th. She'll be with us on February 22nd to talk about the Phoenix Lights experience and what happened back down there in uh, 1997, 1998. Uh, in March, we've got Irvin Laszlo, and uh, he is a quantum physicist and writer of spiritual topics, Reconnecting to the Source, the New Science of Spiritual Experience, How It Can Change You, and How It Can Transform the World. And we've also got, coming up March 28th, we've got Rob Guttrow, 
And uh, Rob is the author of multiple books, including Lessons from, excuse me, Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead and Pets in the Afterlife, Volume 2. And looking down the road, I'm going to be in Hastings, Nebraska, the weekend of uh, April 18th, because I'm going to be broadcasting the show live from the Hastings Auditorium at the fourth annual Nebraska Bigfoot Conference. Yep, very interesting stuff. The week after that, get a load of this, B. Mills, who was awarded 2019 Bigfoot Researcher of the Year, is going to be our guest. And looking forward a lot to talking with B. So, all those things that I just talked about, these are reasons why we need to have you step forward and donate. We'd love to have two more people at that $89.30 level call on donations, 402-474-5086. And Jim, which line do I take here? Uh, the VIP line is our, okay. our guest. That's going to be our next one here. That's going to be our, our next guest. I mean, we are excited about this guy. If, if you, by chance, are calling in and the phones are busy, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's Just, a good, great thing. Just keep trying. Please keep calling. So we talked about this upcoming uh, series of shows and all these topics that we're going to explore. And it doesn't happen without you and your support. So please do make that donation. 402 474 5086. Uh, we appreciate that so very much. Now, speaking of upcoming things, wow, we have a fifth Saturday coming up this month. And guess who's going to be with us? Okay, well, I'll answer that question. <laughs> well, I could answer it. This is my friend <laughs> Steve Berg from, I'm pointing out to the West, from that direction. And he's with us right now. Hey, Steve, good morning. Hey. What's up, Scott? Hey, fellas, how you guys doing? Good morning, Steve. We are doing... How's, that, how, how's my home state of Nebraska doing this fine morning? Uh, it's a little cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got around, uh, around 25, but we have a, pre a predicted high of 41 today, so it might be a nice Ooh, day after 41's that. not bad? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, could this, be way worse. We've had could a little bit, of, little bit of snow, but not much. Okay. This is okay. Okay. Yeah, this is February, so we can we can <laughs> almost guarantee we're going to have a wide, wide variety of stuff. So, Steve, absolutely. I'm going to ask you to to stand by right there. We're going to come back to you. I'll take care of this bottom of the hour stuff, and then I'm going to look forward to talking with you. Okay. I can't wait. Steve Berg, and. What are we going to talk about? Well, you're going to have to just stay tuned. I'm Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. We're going to be right back with more conversation and taking your phone calls at 402-474-5086. Donate now. This stuff doesn't happen without you. 402-474-5086. We'd love to hear from you. We just heard from Joe, who called in a pledge or donation. Um, Dr. Dale, wow. Uh, I'm going to keep his donation level private, but Dr. Dale, thank you so much. You just blew us out of the water with that huge 
gift. So folks, we've raised uh, just a couple bucks over $800. $1,500 is our goal. $700 is left, and we can do that easily. It all happens with you calling us at 402-474-5086. Now is the time. With us is the original Omaha, Nebraska native, and now raconteur, comedian, and actor, Mr. Steve Berg. And he's on the other end of this phone line. Hi, Steve. Hey, my friend. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so I so much enjoyed reconnecting with you last November. Should we tell people what happened? Absolutely, absolutely. Why don't you start and I'll, I'll, I'll fill in when necessary. Well, our common friend Paula Harris brought you out on stage and yep. she was introducing you to the people. And uh, you had a film crew with you that weekend uh, yep. filming your conversations, interactions. And she said, um, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. And what would you say? I'll, I'll well, I'll, I'll jump in. And uh, so basically I'm from, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, Scott mentioned, and I grew up from a very, very young age, just fascinated with all the topics that are covered on this wonderful show. And when I was a kid, my parents pulled me out of school and surprised me and took me to the unexplored, exploring the unexplained phenomenon. Uh, it, I mean, conference, it was a major conference. It was, you know, all the big names were there and, Anyway, long story short, I mentioned this on stage when I was in uh, Laughlin the other month, and I was like, oh, you know, uh, this was a big moment in my life when I went to this conference, and all of a sudden this wonderful man steps, <laughs> stands up and said, I put on that conference, and it was Scott. And we had reconnected like almost nearly 30, almost like you know, 25, 30 years later, just randomly. It was such a beautiful moment in a... Then Scott and I got to talk and reconnect, and it was just this thing I never thought would happen. I got to meet the guy who put on this conference. That was kind of a life-changing moment for me, so it was really special. And what cool parents that you have, too, that would pull their Thanks. child out of school because of his interest and uh, back in the day just say, okay, Steve, there's the front door. We're going to drop you off, and we'll come back and pick you up yeah. later. Yeah, I can't believe it. You know, it was it was a different time back then. <laughs> I don't think parents would do that nowadays. But, yeah, uh, I remember my mom, you know, she, like, okay with my teachers, and I had to write a paper, you know, about my experience, like almost like a little journalistic experience, mm -hmm. you know, paper about. That was wonderful, though. I absolutely loved it. You know, I felt like I was on assignment, and I was 13, you know. So it was, it was just a great experience. Uh, um, your I initial interest as a young person, and now you've grown into – an adult, you have a whole variety of life experiences going on. Yeah. Uh, has this allowed you then to keep your passion alive for um, looking at life's mysteries? Oh, Scott, absolutely. I feel like for, you know, there's some people I think maybe they, you know, go through stages of stuff, but for me, the passion has only gotten stronger. And obviously, you know, my, uh, my thinking in the, you know, the kinds of ways I like to think about the stuff has evolved tremendously, you know, from uh, just, you know, being a young kid thinking, you know, all the secrets were held at Area 51. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're now, uh, my, my, you know, I have a much more philosophical, like, uh, 
you know, I don't even know mythological. Like, it, it, you know, I, I, you and I had a wonderful discussion at a diner. We got into the deep, deep areas of these topics, and uh, that's where I'm at. You know, just how how does this topic integrate into society and all that stuff? So, yeah, it, it, my fascination is just exponentially grown, to be honest. Um, the film crew that you were with um, last November, mm-hmm. that weekend in Laughlin, uh, what was the what was the background on that film crew? Why were they there? Right. Okay. Well, so I've had this idea for a long time to sort of try to do a TV show. Sorry, I dropped, I dropped the phone. Sorry about that. That's happened to you too. That's excitement. <laughs> Wow. I'm a little bit of a clumsy guy. Um, I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, anyways, I had had this idea to kind of do a documentary series on, you know, UFOs, the paranormal, new age topics, spiritualism, all that kinds of stuff in kind of an Anthony Bourdain type style. Um, but, you know, my whole goal is like, I'm not, you know, with his shows, like, I'm not, you know, going to find the truth. I don't think. I'm not going to uncover the mysteries, but I sort of wanted to approach it in a sociological, you know, way where it's more about the people and their beliefs and why they believe what they believe or why they're interested in what they're interested in. So, because I, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer when it comes to these topics that we are co-creators in whatever we're experiencing. <clears throat> so that's kind of, I'm, I, my angle these days has really been kind of, you know, tying in the human experience with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal of the show. You know, I, I pitched it to a production company, and uh, they gave me a small budget to go out and shoot it, and then we're shopping it around as a documentary series here in a couple of weeks, actually. Have you found with this crew, and they've got equipment that's state-of-the-art, yep. that there'll be times when suddenly all the battery charges for everything just drain? Well, that I, I'm not sure. Were you aware that happened to us? I am peripherally aware. I want to hear the from yeah. your end, though. That you were you it, it, were at well, Laughlin at was, the Starworks USA UFO event. Yes, and my we had a uh, our sound guy Chase, who is like one of the best sound guys in Los Angeles. He works on a bunch of big shows, and he's just one of the best. He kept on saying, "He's like, man, the batteries are doing something I've never seen. They're draining really fast." And then as the day went on. We, they had charged up the camera battery, like, completely. And these are, we're talking about, like, you know, these are $100,000 cameras. These mm-hmm. are very, you know, state-of-the-art, like you said. The camera battery drained, like, in two minutes. And so so, so did the, uh, the uh, sound batteries. And that's virtually unheard of. So, yeah, we did have that. That was, you know, the one thing that we did experience where they were like, that is very odd. So, uh, but a lot of people have had said when I was at Waffle, like, watch out for that happening. I was like, really? So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Especially yeah. for me, since I've never, you know, really experienced anything out of the ordinary, unfortunately. Rob Freeman is a UFO explorer, and he was yeah. also at that event. And I think he chimed in and said that that had happened to him on more than one occasion where they've got yep. equipment that's totally charged up, and all of a sudden it is just drained. And we've heard stories, Steve, in the literature of people that are, uh, for example, driving a car, and they see this bright yep. light that comes down, and all of a sudden their car or truck is acting sluggish, and then dies, oh, yeah. and then 
some Absolutely. time goes by and then all of a sudden they start the car and it's performing just no problem. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's classic contactee stuff right there. And I love it. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, but you're right. There is definitely a pattern with that. And, you know, what's actually funny is that you mentioned Rob Freeman. We were literally, I'm not even joking, we were literally interviewing him when it happened. Wow. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic. So, uh, yeah, he was a real fun guy to meet because, uh, you know, he's, he's going all over the world capturing some amazing stuff. So it was really fun to get a chat with that guy. As you become more public about this interest of yours, uh, uh, do you have or do you anticipate having more people contacting you saying, hey, Steve, you know, I, I haven't talked about this publicly, but... Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. Um, interestingly enough, I've always sort of like, at least amongst my uh, friends, really quick, I want to give a shout. Hey, Omaha buddies, my fly fishing buddies. How you guys doing? Uh, these guys, my buddies, are all listening right now. Anyways, I've always been kind of like known for a guy who loves spaghetti and he loves UFOs. So and he, people have been offering their ghost stories to me since I was very young. But you know what? That is one of my goals. I hope that by becoming a, a little more public about this stuff and maybe even doing the show that I'm flooded with stories because I love the stories. I love personal accounts. To me, that's everything. So, Yeah. I hope so, man. <laughs> you you live uh, almost a storied life. Um, are you glad you're at where you're at right now in your life? Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, you know, like, I'd always, like, you know, uh, wanted to work in the entertainment business since I was very young. And it's just, yeah, I wasn't going to really take no for an answer. So I'm, I feel very privileged and very lucky to get to, you know, be in the arts and you know make a you know modest living doing it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm pretty I'm pretty thrilled. But uh, you know if I could get some if I could get a good paying job studying UFOs every day of the year, boy, I don't, I don't know if I could turn that down. <laughs> so basically, yeah, the goal of my show is to combine you know I guess my skills as a uh, performer into my love of UFOs, so I can kind of uh, you know two birds there. So Steve and I reconnected. We met recently at a diner in Lincoln um, and uh, had some great conversation. I've asked Steve to join us every fifth Saturday. And during 2020, I think that's four times. And this is kind of a special prequel, if you will. Um, should I put you on the spot? Should I ask you about what you're going to call your segment? Well, you can, but... <laughs> I would just be, I haven't, I'm the worst at like titling things. So I don't necessarily have a title, but it will be, let me tell you, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a snappy name. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it'll really, it'll really, it'll really sing. Trust me. When you have a chance to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in a club or on location, depending upon the nature of your work, when you rub shoulders with other people that are in the entertainment business, does this subject of UFOs and or the paranormal, does it ever come up? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, and, you know like, it, it, it's really interesting. While, you know, I think there was this perception of these, you know, UFOs and, you know, the paranormal sort of like, in a weird way, being taboo, you know, in the mainstream, I think all those 
I think those labels and stuff like that are completely, uh, you know, disintegrated at this point. It's, well, you know, also I do live in California, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, it is very friendly to uh, kind of new age, spiritualistic, you know, UFO type thinking. So maybe I'm in a bubble. But, yeah, I feel like people absolutely, you know, want to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, enough people know that I'm deeply interested in it that it's, I had the funniest people coming up to me just saying, like, dude, you're never going to believe what happened to me. You know, it will be in the middle of a party or something like that. And I'm always down to listen to it. So, well, yeah, I hope as I'm time goes by, that, I'm trying to project that energy. Steve, we hope as time goes by uh, with you on the show that you can give us some more of those stories of things you've heard. And and uh, again, it's it's fun really to hear your passion. Um, oh, thanks. The reconnecting from when you were a young man, dropping off at a conference in Lincoln. And all these years later, there's uh, there's some wonderful things happening uh, in the yep. cosmos. So it's it's great, my friend, to reconnect with you. And uh, I saw on, I saw on your Facebook page a picture of a colleague of yours, probably a friend, Jack Black. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jack's lucky to have you as a friend. <laughs> Well, you know, we're more of like uh, just, you know, acquaintances. I don't know him. You know, he's not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily my friends with Jack Black, but uh, I do have uh, mutual friends with him and have, you know, hung out with him a couple times. And he's uh, as nice as he seems in interviews and all stuff. He's just a genuinely wonderful person. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun working in comedy. You know, you get a... You get to meet and work with some pretty fun people, so it's 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 been it's been a fun life so far. <laughs> I'm grateful to have you join us. The world needs more characters. The world yeah. needs less normal. So, Steve. Well, thank you, and Scott. Scott, if, if you don't mind, for like one minute, can I just like say the important? I, I just want to tell everyone listening, the fans, that I am such a big believer in radio like this. Radio that does not have an agenda, radio that doesn't have corporate interests pushing, you know, different agendas and whatnot, and, you know, a, a radio station and a show like yours that really has a community. And so I feel like these, these stations, you know, especially nowadays, they're supported by the listeners. So if you guys are out there and you haven't kicked in a couple bucks, I really think you should because what Scott's doing is such a huge value to the community. So, you know, if, instead of buying that cup of coffee tomorrow, Donate a couple bucks to the show. It'll really go a long way. So I just wanted to say that, Scott. Sorry. Thank you, Steve. You know, Any time that I've actually stepped up to the plate and donated for something that I believe in, I always feel better for having done so. And Me too, especially when I use it and enjoy it. So I'll, I will be making my donation right when I hang up. Steve, thank you for all that you do and continued bright horizons. We're going to talk to you on Saturday, February 29th again. I look forward to it, Scott. Okay, sir. Thank you. All right, bud. Talk to you soon, man. Steve Berg uh, from Omaha, Nebraska, now out in the L.A. area. And he joins us as a fifth Saturday guest. He was so gracious with a busy schedule to be with us this, uh, this Saturday morning. Um, <clears throat> Jim, we've got a list of people here. Yeah, we've got a whole long list. Do you want the whole list? Yeah, I want to yeah, read sure. some names here. Okay, uh, Clark from Stockwell Pharmacy, Dr. Scott Donkin, Mr. Anonymous, who is a frequent donor, Paula Harris, Randy Vopel, Jeff Schultz, Dr. Dale Sabatka, Joe, and Loy. Okay, and, uh, so I want to thank you, Jim, uh, for being my co-host. 
Well, this is great fun, let me tell you. Well, thank you. Especially with, with all the great guests we have on. See, I can, I can do this stuff myself, but I can't do it as well as with you being here. So you're an uh, important part of the mix, and I want to thank you again publicly for, for doing that, because you could be doing a lot of stuff on Saturday mornings. Well, hey, it's the best job I've ever had that I don't get paid for. 402-474-5086. We've got about uh, three minutes left. We'd love to take two more calls for that $89.30 level. 402-474-5086. I'm staring at this light that's supposed to flash when the phone rings. And maybe if we all stared at that, it's going to flash. It's going to ring. Um, Okay, Marshall, thank you so much for you being here. Thanks for having me. Sam, thank you very much for being part of this. Always a pleasure. You guys are part of the EUP family now. Yeah. (laughs) So, Marshall, do you have a show? Uh, yeah, other music with Sam. Yeah, uh, we're, we're both on the same show. Okay, <laughs> other music. tell us again the time it's on. It's on at Sunday nights at uh, 10 p.m. to midnight. Um, it's in a just a an eclectic mix of experimental music. Sounds like a lot of fun. Oh yeah. yeah. Thank you both very much. I did a show here originally on KZM called Woodstock and Obscure Rock, <laughs> and I played like B-side stuff from the 60s and some from the 70s and. That was so fun because we could just grab a bunch of records in those days and say, what am I feeling like? <laughs> and you know, there's, that. there's a lot of people that like that off the beaten path. I don't want to say obscure, but you know what I'm saying. People are looking for that. Oh, yeah. Um, last chance, folks. 402-474-5086.